Good morning. Good morning. My name is David Greenhaw, and I'm the interim minister of this uh, congregation and delighted to be with you and delighted that you're with us here in the sanctuary today and that we're being joined today by uh, a gathering of folks at Arbor Trace this morning. And in addition to that, uh, we have literally hundreds of you, I hope, watching us online. So uh, delighted that you are with us today. Good morning. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care. We are thrilled that you are with us in person and, as David said, remotely on this third Sunday of Advent, the Sunday of joy, and also our annual Christmas Music Sunday. We have a wonderful service in store for you today. So we don't want to take up too much time because we have a lot to look forward to. Um, But we do have to ask you to register your attendance with us. So... Uh, That means if you're here in the sanctuary, please grab those blue attendance pads, take a moment to fill it out and pass it to your neighbor. And if you're worshiping with us online, please write your name in the comments section and let us know where you are this morning. And while you're there, you can click on the link, which will take you to a PDF of our bulletin so that you can follow along with our service order this morning. So we've just been talking a little bit about our virtual congregation, those who join us virtually. Um, And we've had some conversations internally. We're so glad to have folks join us virtually, but it's also a joy to be gathered in the room. And if it's possible that you're someone who's watching us online and you'd really like to come this Christmas season for at least one service to be physically here, but you can't get here for some reason, we're offering rides, uh, Merry Christmas rides. So please let the church know. There's a number on the virtual sign for you to, uh, to call. Call the church and let us know, and we will arrange a ride for you to come to church and worship here in the sanctuary, one of the services this Christmas, or all of them if you want. There's four of them on Christmas Eve. You might not want to do all of those. So. So do they have to be in Naples to get a ride, or are we offering rides Yeah, from no, if New you're England? in Michigan and you want a ride, you can call, <laughs> but it's a long-distance call, remember, so. Okay. Uh, yes, but if you're in Naples and you want to come, we want to make that possible for you. Yeah. Um, a quick reminder that your poinsettia flower order forms are due tomorrow, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just really quickly, every year we have our chancel full of beautiful poinsettias, and you're able to make a contribution to our church and dedicate a flower in memory or in honor of someone. And then next Sunday, those dedications will be printed in the bulletin. However, we raise more money than the cost of the poinsettias. So all the money we bring in above and beyond what we spend on flowers is going to go to our mission partner, Grace Place. They do really important work in our community, and they really need support, especially through their food pantry right now. As we all know, grocery prices have gone up, which has put more of a burden on our local food pantries and food banks. So uh, please get those order forms in by tomorrow and know that your money is going to beautify our worship space and support Grace Place. Great. So uh, we've been teaching a lot of classes uh, this fall, and we've had a wonderful attendance of people coming to every kind of class. And tomorrow night, there's one more class, and it's at nighttime because we thought, well, some people work during the day and might want to come to a class. But what were we thinking? Because people are hungry. So here's the promise. If you come to the class tomorrow night, 
there will be snacks. So, uh, so please uh, join us. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be teaching a class on uh, the, the family of Jesus as refugees. In the uh, first two years after Jesus was born, they became refugees in Egypt. And during this time when we have the greatest surge of refugees since the Second World War, it's helpful to think as Christians about this first family of refugees. Join us tomorrow night. Class will be hour and a half at the most. There'll be snacks. We'll look forward to seeing you in Nelson Hall. And on Wednesday afternoon, we want to remind you that we have the third of our Wednesday midweek Advent meditations. It's right here in the sanctuary at noon. It's a beautiful service of reflection and scripture and music. Our own Rich Kirshner will offer the reflection this coming Wednesday, and the music will be offered by Radu Papanyu, the conductor at the Naples Phil. So you'll want to join us for that. The Advent lighters at the 9 o'clock service this morning are uh, the Terry's. Uh, Roger is an orthopedic surgeon, if I understand correctly, now retired. And just so you know, even orthopedic surgeons have orthopedic surgery. He just recovered from that uh, this year. And uh, he's joined by Sandy. Uh, Sandy has been an incredible volunteer at the church during this fall, uh, helping in the reception area. And she discovered that the cabinets in the work, the office uh, coffee room were a mess and got rid of boxes and boxes of mugs. Who needed all those mugs? Uh, if you need a mug and you were missing one, they're at the bargain box now. So, uh, so uh, let us now uh, prepare our hearts and minds for the worship of God. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. Last Sunday, we lit the candle of hope, remembering the hope which comes in Christ. And we lit the candles of peace, remembering God's dream of a peaceful world. Today, we light the third candle of Advent, the candle of joy. In Advent, we are in a time of waiting, like the Israelites who wandered through the wilderness, waiting to come into the promised land. We wait for the coming of the joy of ages. We wait for the day where we can join our voices with the angels to sing, joy to the world, the Lord has come. We wait for the day when everlasting joy will be on each of us. We light this candle in joy. Please read aloud from your bulletin. On this day, we remember this breathes joy into our lives. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Joyful and creative God, we come to you in prayer this morning to thank you for the gift of music. It expresses emotions when words cannot. It transcends languages and cultures Music is the soundtrack of our lives, everything from social movements to personal milestones. When we think about it, almost every event in our lives, graduations, marriages, holidays, deaths, they all have music associated with them. We have music to help us celebrate our most joyful moments and music to help carry us through our deepest moments of despair. 
We have drums, the rhythm to connect us to you, the heartbeat of humanity and all of nature. We have birds chirping and waves crashing, all the joyous sounds that nature makes to remind us of the wonders of your magnificent creation. Music in all of its forms points us towards you, something greater than ourselves, something beyond description. Thank you, O God. Thank you for music, for melody and voice and instruments. Thank you for the music leaders in our church, Dr. Alexandra Carlson and our director of music, Dr. Becky Weiss-Rumpf, who make sure that our worship and our community life are infused with music. The music at our events adds color and life and vibrancy to all that we are and all that we do, and for that we are abundantly grateful. On this Advent Sunday of joy, we thank you for the joy that music brings into our lives. Thank you for the joy that seeps into the broken places, the levity we're able to experience amidst the pain. Thank you, O God, for comedy, for joyous dinner conversations and phone calls. Thank you for laughter. We can get so bogged down in the mire of everyday life that we forget to lift our gaze and experience the joy all around us. Help us to not take ourselves too seriously, to summon the innocent joy which radiates out of children. Help us to be playful, for we know that you created us to enjoy this life. We know that your son's birth story is full of fear and anxiety, but also joy. We remember the joy shared between Mary and Elizabeth, the joy Mary and Joseph must have felt when the innkeeper took them in for the night, the joy the shepherds experienced when the heavenly messengers brought them good news, the joy the magi experienced when the star stopped above Bethlehem, and finally... The joy, the indescribable joy Mary must have felt when she held that perfect newborn baby in her arms. May this sacred story remind us that even amidst fear, fear of the unknown diagnosis, fear of the next mortgage payment or credit card bill, fear of the repressive government, fear of so many things, we can still find fleeting moments of joy. It is in that spirit that we offer this prayer. In the name of Jesus, that baby in Mary's arms who grew up and taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. It will probably be familiar to many of you. It's Mary's Magnificat. You're invited to follow along with the text if you'd like to, as the words are printed in your bulletins. So now let us hear these powerful words that Mary offers after she finds out she's pregnant. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. 
For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. May God bless our modern hearing of these ancient words. The Christmas carol, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, has a wonderful phrase in it. It goes, that, that glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth. Remember that phrase? I love it. Bending near the earth. It, it could have easily been part of the song that Mary sings, the song that we call the Magnificat, this one from the Gospel of Luke. That song that she sings right after Elizabeth confirms that she is indeed blessed by God. The song Mary sings, known as a Magnificat, the Latin word for magnify. Mary sings, my soul magnifies the Lord. The phrase bending near the earth isn't in Mary's song, but it could be. It could be because the song is about God bending near the earth to bless Mary. Mary understands who she is. Mary understands that she is at the very bottom of the social ladder. She's a woman. She's in an occupied land. She is poor. She is the wrong race, the wrong nationality, the wrong religion, and she's pregnant. She is at the bottom, all the way down. The text in the Christmas narrative that Mary sings, this text is perhaps the most radical in all the Bible. It is radical in the sense that it goes all the way down to the roots, bending near the earth. It will not do to bend halfway and raising up those halfway down. It will not do. It will not do to go three-quarters of the way. It is absolutely necessary for God to go all the way down, to bend all of the way down, to bend all the way down and raise up the lowly. As Mary says it, God has looked upon me with favor at the lowliness of my estate. Bending near 
is yours. The next carol picks up some of the themes in the Magnificat. The carol is called I Will Light Candles, and it's drawn from two poems. They're they're actually two poems put together by the great African-American scholar, preacher, mystic, Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman taught at Howard University and left Howard University because he thought it was time for him to leave the academy and get to a church. Sounds awfully familiar to me. (laughs) He went to San Francisco and he founded the Fellowship of All Peoples in San Francisco. Howard Thurman is arguably one of the most influential people in the life of Martin Luther King Jr. The first poem in the hymn is called I Will Light Candles, and it goes like this. I will light candles this Christmas, candles of joy despite all sadness, candles of hope where despair keeps watch, Candles of courage for fears ever present. Candles of peace for tempest-tossed days. Candles of grace to ease heavy burdens. Candles of love to inspire all my living. Candles that will burn all year long. Then juxtaposed to that, this musical piece has this thing, that the Norwegian composer, Kim Andreas Amundsen, adds this second poem, and it too echoes Mary's Magnificat. It's called the work of Christmas. When the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music in the heart. I was taught that when you say excelsius, deo, you say it like eggshells. And I have always think of eggshells when we sing that refrain. And so I want you to go out today in power and in peace, and I want you to crack open that egg and throw away the shells and have the joy of Christmas in your heart. Amen.